And welcome to the Crash Chords Podcast. I can't believe you. I'm going to kill him. Um, new week, new podcast. Uh, saw the Rose West last night. They put on a great show. That's uh, Robert and Alex from the Wasties' other band. More of kind of a modern rock thing. Coheed and Cambria, but good. Hmm. Um, and they kind of have a sci-fi element. The album actually has a theme. So there's like an overarching story when they play live also, which is neat. Um, they debuted a new song, which sounded pretty good, about time travel, which is always fun. Time travel is not always fun. Sometimes you can get yourself into quite a pickle with time travel. It depends upon your conceived time travel. If it's going to be uh, with the inability to create paradoxes, if it's going to be, well, time travel existed in the past and anybody who went to the past has already gone to the past, so the past is immutable. It, it all depends on what you're conceiving as time travel. What he, sure. what he said. <laughs> Am I the only <laughs> one was, that puts on the science channel? I was getting at. No, but I just assume people know. To, probably to my fault. Most people don't know. <laughs> don't know what? I don't know. A lot of people are not interested in time travel. For some reason. I don't, I don't know. find that to be true at all. But I, I've, I I've met a lot of people who, who just like uh, zone out. Oh, no, paradox is too confusing. You know, you hang give out me a straightforward story. <laughs> you hang out with terrible, terrible people. I don't hang out with them. Oh, okay. <laughs> I've met them, though, oh, okay. at parties, much to my chagrin. It also depends on which multiverse theory you actually ascribe to. It's true. The proper response, Matt, should have been, you go to horrible parties, Steve. Oh, that, that. okay. You Steve, go. you go to horrible parties. There you go, you got the hang of it. Your parties are horrible, and you should feel bad. Thanks, Zoidberg. For those parties. Oh, Lord. Yeah. More of a Three Stooges, actually. Actually, no, that's Zoidberg. Let's get into our Stooges. album of this he week. He represents the Three Stooges in one um, person. I'm going to fight you on this. He's made those exact noises. But not the... Yeah, yeah, he, he does. He does has. he really? And walked sideways, yes. I am so disillusioned. Yes. So disillusioned. So basically, you said he's he's delusional. That's not the same as being disillusioned. Yeah, but that's where I'm jumping to. <laughs> anyway. One letter difference. The S. So anyway, Queen <laughs> of the Stone Age. This week's pick is my choice. It's Queen of the Stone Age's new album, Like Clockwork. Um, and I'd been a fan of theirs since the late 90s, I think is when their first record, uh, yeah, came out. They had, uh, The Lost Art of Keeping, Keeping a Secret was their first single. Um, they've kind of, the band has kind of evolved kind of strangely over the years. They, they started this kind of kitschy kind of indie sound, and then kind of from there grew into this kind of standard rock sound. But even with that, they kind of genre jump and I always knew them makes as, interesting as things. standard indie, standard 2000s indie. Indie rock, yeah. yeah. But they, their sound has kind of changed, gotten more refined a bit. I mean, the first album sounded very kind of harsh and grainy, and they've kind of refined it a bit as the, the years have gone by. I knew them for their popular stuff. Their yeah, popular yeah. stuff was fun. It yeah. really was fun music. Yeah, they, they, they have some great singles. Um, 
so we'll jump right into the first track, which is the intro track on the record. Well, just generally speaking, it's very clear that they're going in a more uh, experimental direction here with this album. It was very noticeable with the first track, because I yeah. expected the sort of fun, rocky feel, and it didn't quite get that. Instead, it was very dark, kind of grungy. Yeah, the first um, track is called Keep Your Eyes Peeled. It was like this kind of slow groove, almost slow core kind of... It was slow so, yeah. kind of, kind of sound. It had a decent. It had a nice intro. Like it was very different. It caught my attention though. I thought it was a fairly good intro. It had this industrial sound almost. Industrial like, is the perfect word. You know, and it that's was, that's how I really felt it. I do have a nitpick with it. While I did enjoy the general vibe the instruments were giving off, I disliked greatly the pairing of the vocals with the plodding piano work. Uh, the keys were being played in an echoing manner with the song, with the vocals, really distracting, drowning nature to it. I, I was alright with the music itself. The, I did feel similarly about the vocals, though. The vocals were very haunting. At yeah. the same time, I was just gonna say there that, was yeah. a disconnect there. I felt that it had that kind of haunting, lurking kind of vibe. It was supposed yeah. to be unnerving and creepy. It was. It was distorted. It was echo. I didn't really felt like it worked with his, with the style of the instruments coupled with the style of the vocals. Well, here's the thing. At this point in the album, it was too early for me to judge that. I, I'm I, judgmental. I, I'm going to start judging. At, at this track, they could have done any number of things with it. And also, I was going very, very shallowly here. There's a vampire on the cover, and the cover's blood red. I, I saw That's the a vampire? Yeah. Seemed to be. Okay. I, the collar was pretty high. <laughs> There's also that not symbol in it. I don't know what that that was. Yeah, I couldn't really make it's sense supposed of that. To, the the symbol on the album cover is supposed to represent a Q, the circle with the line through it on an angle. Oh, that's their. Okay. Supposed to is that, a Q. that their, that's their symbol. It had never been before, but I imagine it is now. Because that symbol right. I recognize as the circle with the line through it as a not. zero or not. Yeah, but no, I don't think that's what that's supposed to be. I'm pretty sure it's supposed to be for stand for Queens of the Stone Age, but I'm not I'm not 100 percent on that. I mean, as far as intertracks go, I didn't think it was that bad. I liked it. It wasn't it wasn't anything phenomenal, but I thought it gave a good vibe to what I thought the album was going to be. And then of course, we well, go into My biggest beef here was the chorus. It was awkward to me. It was. It was very... a, it was it, it pulled away even if they were creating something with the verse which I still tired of. It was a very awkward transition to the chorus and back again. It wasn't on board with that. But and then of course going into the second track, I sat by the ocean is where I was kind of like, oh, okay, we're not going that experimental, not initially. This was as... This, was, this is as pop rock as you can get, this as track. As formulaic and generic as they possibly come for rock, yeah. It was... It, we, we even made minor comparisons to the Beatles, because it sounded like old-school kind of simple yeah. Beatles. I, with with the twang of their later... Of, of the vocals that you might find yeah. in the Beatles' later work. Yeah. Uh, which, you know, yeah, it was extreme for then, and but... But for nowadays, it's extremely unimpressive. There is nothing in it to differentiate it. It's unimpressive if you don't hear John Lennon's voice. <laughs> if you, one, as soon as you hear his voice, this then song, it takes I sat you by the ocean. Place. It was just unimpressive in all aspects. There was not a single distinctive feature well, this is that, it, that, that did anything for me. It's and Beatles, it had Beatles junky, esque. It had yeah, junk Beatles lyrics, are. really. Beatles-esque, but without the personality. Exactly. That's. Yeah. I mean, I didn't. I didn't hate the song. I didn't love it. I kind of did. It was just meh. It was yeah. average. It was not. I mean, there was nothing to really hate about it. It was just generic pop rock. It was just. 
Unless... Yeah, I'd, re- I'd really have to strain to like pick out specific parts of this song. One thing was like there's a little guitar suspension that yeah. holds over into the into the next verse. That was interesting, but it just seemed it seemed courtesy. I, yeah. I didn't really know how to take it. This is kind of a quick song to go over because again, it was just it was generic. I mean, that's the easiest way to describe it. Boring. It, it was just wasn't bad. wasn't good. It was just generic and boring. On the other hand, it was a kind of a it was kind of a fast track. Uh, it was upbeat. Yeah. It went no, no. I mean, not uh, upbeat. Um, I mean, it was it's a short track. That's yeah. what I'm trying to say. Oh, yeah. It, it goes by pretty quickly, as opposed to the previous track, which is sort of a five minute song that feels its length. Yeah. This one is kind of fleeting. Yeah. It, and and I don't know if it was intentional to be fleeting, but it definitely yeah. gives a very fleeting vibe. And then the last thing about this track is that it has an outro here that I, I almost feel it didn't warrant the eeriness of like the outro is eerie and the track is not. So I understand that it was used purely for the purposes of transition to yeah. the next track, which has a bit of an eerie vibe, but I, I you know, the only maybe, that, maybe that's the point which you shouldn't bother transitioning. The, the only reason that didn't bother me is because in the past, on their other albums, when they want to do an intro to the next track, they never put it actually at the beginning of the next track. It's always at the outro of the previous track, because they've done it a few times on their other Okay, records. so you think it's just a... I think it's just their thing. They're, splitting hairs? No yeah, I think intended. it's what they it's do. Like if they had just cut it before, put it elsewhere. rather than after. I think right. it's just, it's designed to, to do that way. I still, but still, you see my point. I'm no, not absolutely. sure that it, because ble- it was designed to blend. Not over. forgiving, just explaining. Fair enough. That that's this style. They typically do that in the past. And to throw back one more time, I did like the outro on the first track. Yeah, I did like that. The cello outro on the first track, which we, we neglected to mention, had that nice uh, gritty nature to it. Which, again, it may not have served well as went into this pop track here, yeah. but it worked well for that track. In many cases, it's the opposite problem. It worked yeah. well with the prior track. This one doesn't work well with the prior track. Works better with the later track. And the next track is The Vampire of Time and Memory. So this was even more kind of random than the last two tracks. They weren't kind of hitting any kind of consistency in sound. This song starts with a very pretty piano intro. It's got a sad, lost vibe, and it's... You know, I liked it, but it was one of those songs that it was just kind of so unexpected, especially compared to the previous two tracks. I was finally starting to enjoy the album with this track, because the first two ones... Honestly, did nothing for me. This actually started to have uh, emotions I was getting. It it did have that beautiful little piano intro with synth work tossed in to add a little bit of discord to it. I know Steve did not appreciate the synth distortion. <sighs> I think it's just a take or to leave it for me. It may be the kind of thing that you think adds to the track I really didn't feel so because when you look at the the bare bones nature of the track you're just looking at piano vocals kind of soft kind of soothing almost with a little bit of eeriness to it probably because the uh, of the way the piano was mixed I mean well, it could be mixing or it could have been the way it was actually performed it, w- it was an upright piano or it sounded like upright spin it's think cheap you know you're not getting a grand classical piano sound right uh, it, it sounds like it's I think I've mentioned this before a few times in the podcast. It seems to be done so much these days. Upright piano in the middle of an empty auditorium. So you have that extensive reverb sound coming from a cheap piano. It's a nice effect because it has sort of a haunting nature to it inherently. I just, I'm getting a little tired of it in a general sense. I guess, but I felt it worked for this song. I really kind of liked the way it it, 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 it it aided this song. It did work for this song, but it's like if they were going to 
go with that, then go full force, which is why I may not have felt so appreciative of the sound in which uh, John is talking about, that uh, that synth sound. Right. Because once you throw in synth with an empty, uh, that takes away the haunting nature. I liked the synth sound, though. I don't know. I, it might the, have distortion. Just the distortion. It is a haunting felt, synth, but yeah. it, it, it lessens I the felt, purity of it. Mm, I felt like it added. I thought it and, emphasized, it, emphasized it as well. Mm. And, and later on, when they brought in the guitar, the bass, the drums, and blended it all together with the original piano work, I felt, and they started adding a little more. I was more on board more. with that. Yeah, and they were adding in synth, and I was still enjoying that slight discord inherent in the melodies. There was doing. something about maybe just hearing it independent of everything else that threw me. But yeah, right. With the, with everything else, it seemed to it grew on me. The track grew on me as it went on. It spoke to the lyrics. Um, to be. Can't read your own handwriting. Well done. I'm looking at the wrong part. Or not to be... Oh, wait, wrong. Wrong song. Not a song at all, damn it. Thanks. To be vulnerable is needed most of all if you intend to truly fall apart. There's a definite discord nature in their lyrical work in this song. First time I'm pointing at lyrics and going, oh, I like what he says. Yeah. It, it, it definitely created that feel. In the track title, Vampire of Time and Memory... You consider a creature that sucks the blood and sucks the life out of you, and you put that in the context of time and memory. That's very visceral. It is very visceral, and it's almost a metaphor for bad, like th- a bad relationship. Not even like a bad romantic relationship, but any bad relationship sucks the time and memory out of exactly, your life. Exactly. And that's kind it's of very strong imagery. The, and that yeah. is actually present in songs later on. There's also the concept of. Uh, substance abuse could be this vampire yeah which is also present in future songs this is almost setting well almost not quite not even it loose, not well very enough. loosely sets the tone for the rest of the record it, very this was loosely. a theme yeah loosely yeah. because there's so much stuff in between right. but the, That's why I said this loosely. is a gem for the early half of this album yes I would say I agree that's a Concise I, I, way to put it. Yeah. And the other thing I like about this track is that it doesn't really follow the formulaic nature of the previous. Um, it was a nice Not as abstract separation. as the first track. This is... Uh, this was a nice middle ground. It's a nice middle ground because they never really hit a chorus in this track. It's just verse expanding through and through. It doesn't... It's hard to really find... It's hard to divide the song in terms of sections. And I, I like that. Yeah. I, I enjoy being thrown through. It feels more loop. like a piece and less like... Exactly. It, f- it feels like more like a classical piece where it goes through motions than exactly than you know just a standard song. Yeah, but the motions are very the motions are very short and very related to their previous piece. We're not talking, you know, uh, a new movement here. No, 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 but but it still feels more it feels more composed than other tracks on the album for sure. Yeah, it's a fluid it's a fluid yeah. track. I'll give it that. Moving on to track four, if I had a tail, this song. I don't know what the hell to do with this song. This song it was, was it had this kind of groovy nature. It felt very trippy and euphoric, as if it were like a bad drug trip. I mean, it it, it almost at first me and John thought it was coming from the angle of like a tomcat singing about being a tomcat, but then it takes a weird twist where the lyrics it's not even that. make it's even like, less sense. It's like a tomcat strut strutting his stuff down the alleyway with his little I don't even know what the female cat name is, but strutting alongside of him he's a pimp like that's the kind of vibe you almost get out of it at the same but time you don't really know if that's exactly yeah what it's very the lyrics are very abstract i'm a machine i'm obsolete in the land of free lobotomy doesn't quite fit that theme work there 
And then it's the choruses are really drowned out with the harsh nature of the guitar work. This is the kind of thing where we usually, you know, discuss and formulate these ideas beforehand, but this is one I feel it has got to be hashed out now, like, just point blank. Is there a metaphor there? Can you find a metaphor? I'm it's asking you. I'm not... No, no, no. It's full I of metaphors. I have no answers. This is all it's metaphor. O- it's over-metaphored, I feel. Like, there's too... That's why it's so confusing. There's too many different metaphors in this song. I mean, specifically the metaphor from... Maybe it's a robot... Finding yourself to the cat in the alleyway. Maybe it's a robot cyborg Maybe from the future. That's so loose, though. Like... That's sent back in time. Read the machine line again. I'm a machine. I'm obsolete in the land of the free lobotomy. The free lobotomy. Like, I just... It's a very curious... It's an interesting line, but it just doesn't... I don't know. This song was very schizophrenic for me. It's like, 50% solid, 50% WTF. I'll tell you this, it almost, goes with, it almost goes with the drug vibe that seems to be present in a yeah. few of these tracks. The it idea of a free that. lobotomy, could, yeah. that's kind of drugs yeah, to some extent. Yeah, that's true, you're killing your own brain. Yeah, yeah. I, could, I can see that that might make more sense than anything else. Yeah. At this point. It had <laughs> I a, had to think this through. It yeah. had a short little guitar solo that was nice and trippy in the middle. Yeah, but it, unfortunately the, the whole song was just so schizophrenic and all over the place. It's just... Like, I didn't dislike it, but it was another one of those tracks like track uh, two, where it was... This was less generic, but still I wasn't drawn into it as much. This track is full of contradictions. Yeah. It's a catchy... It's got a very catchy intro. It's got a pretty catchy riff. The way the drum and the guitar work off each other, it's pretty interesting. Uh, but I'm very iffy on the vocals, and I really thought the chorus was again awkward choruses. I just I'm I'm not sure what they're climaxing to. Yeah. You know, it, it's a very halting nature to this chorus. Uh, if it's your thing, sure. <laughs> but there it is. There's the sure. But it's I don't know. It didn't seem to work with the catchiness. Yeah. I don't want catchy into. Halty. Uh, I, I can see where the, they're kind of trying to go with it. it. They just didn't accomplish it. It was still way too schizophrenic and disconnected. Now, it's like what I started to say before. If you're going to do something, if you're going to be experimental, go balls to the wall experimental. This ju- sounds like they're clinging to their indie rock background. That's just the thing. It's it's schizophrenic enough that it doesn't feel like straight up indie rock, but it's not schizophrenic enough to feel truly artistic or truly yeah. Experimental. And I think that's where the problem lies in this song, is it's straddling the line, and it's exactly. not giving way to one or the other. Whereas at least the first track went more or less balls-to-the-wall experimental. You know, it's right. scattered and all over the place. And this Whereas one, this just makes you kind of not know what to do with yourself. And this one, has, as far as the outro is concerned here, this, there's no defense, because the outro did not work in context of this track, I feel, or in context of the next track. The that outro is very bizarre, very creepy. I agree. Uh, just a lot of sound bites going on there. It, it seems like an interlude for some sort of off-the-wall play. It just didn't make sense. Yeah, but between two kind of popish tracks that just yeah that's yeah that's odd to me the next track we're talking about of course is my god is the sun which so we go from strange lyrics to stranger lyrics with okay this one was it is rockier it's more predictable in its nature which for me made it more enjoyable and more accessible yeah i was able to actually get into the song a lot more easily because this didn't have that really experimental nature that was i wouldn't say halfway done I wouldn't say that If I Had a Tail was experimental. Halfway experimental. It wasn't trying to be multiple things. This was trying to be a rock song. And it did it. Yes. Yes, yes. Didn't do it, you know, perfectly. I mean, this song was, the for me, was the beginning of the upturn on the album. This song wasn't great. But... Hey, this wasn't even trying to be rock. So this was yeah. rock. And it yeah. had a very smoother construction to it. Uh, but at the same time, I, I was not sure about those transitions. 
Those transitions are, again, what threw me. When you go from a verse to a chorus or a chorus to a verse, it's just, I'm not sure what they it were driving the pacing. at. The pacing was still off Yeah. Uh, in the song, which has been a, a problem throughout this album so far. They don't know when to go from an A to a B. Or they don't know how. And it's we've talked at length that a lot of times if you do a B section, it's easier to draw back to the A. They didn't really have that ability. They were keeping them separate, which was a shame. The other issue is, is, as Matt said, this had some really weird lyrics. Even for this album, which is full of interesting, oblique words. This is talking about cleansing heathens. I don't know where they're going on this To me, one. at first, this, this song gave me this kind of feeling of, and it's when I started to sense themes within the songs individually, at least. It was just kind of like this want for guidance guidance from a god like someone to to show him the way but then it it goes into that creepy almost extremist perspective yeah which is disconcerting this might as well be gotten from the uh from the chorus itself might as well just read it healing like fire from a gun kneeling my god is the sun heal them with fire from above kneeling my god is the sun what's up with that i i just it just seems like an extremist perspective, and it's very bizarre. And a little... We disturbing. don't know everything here at Crash Chords. There could be a meaning we're missing, but if... if I mean, he could, the meanings that I gather are, are not terribly inviting. Yeah. So... They're eh. disturbing. They're, it's frankly a little disturbing. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. It has part of the art. There is, there's definitely eerie, uh, disturbing imagery going on throughout this album. It's just in the context of a rock track... It just didn't it, make could sense. Could it be that they're just going for, for juxtaposition throughout here? It could be. I just I don't. There's one song. I, f- that, I feel like the li- I feel like the lyrics are in this are very detached from the song. The song is a very standard rock track, and then we have these bizarre, almost terrorist like <laughs> lyrics. I mean, it is what it is. It's, it's, Let's call a stone a stone. Like it's it. You know, it seems very extremist, religious extremist, and that leads to has led to those kind of things. And it had a waltz. Yeah, okay, this is the thing. I understand, I mean, it's it's one for the other. Final track, uh, final line here is, Godless heathens always waltz in the sky, and then we go right into this very... Haunting waltz sound. Yeah, it's a haunting waltz sound, the kind of things you might find in the more exper- experimental side of the Beatles. Yeah. Uh, trying to think of the specific example here. It almost, almost like... Uh, for the benefit, the benefit of, Mr. of Mr. Kite, exactly what I was thinking. It's of. it's clever in construction, but in execution, not so much. I didn't love the waltz section. Like I understand what they were doing, right? And it was clever, but as far as the flow of the song went, it kind of yeah. killed it for and, me. And just to make the comparison, since I started it, I, like for the benefit of Mr. Kite is a weird song throughout, right? Whereas this so, wasn't. Yeah, I, I again being weird. Position it's weird for be. weird's sake. Yeah, uh, and but, I don't like weird for weird's sake. And this one had. Much more clear. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how to feel. Moving on. I don't know how to take it. The next song... Steve, can you pronounce the song title for Calopsia. this one? Calopsia. Calopsia. There's a definition to this word, which uh, I had to look up because I had never heard it before. Very interesting definition. The delusion of things being more beautiful than they are. And I suppose until I looked up that definition... The song was really throwing me for a loop. And this is before I had settled on that juxtaposition idea for this album, or especially for songs individually, because 
the exposition of this track I, I thought was gorgeous. Yeah. Very art very artistic. Uh probably the more artistic side of anything that Queens of the Stone Age had ever done. And I just thought the throwing these two sounds against one another, the sound of a breathing machine, like struggling for life, with romantic guitar overlaying it. I don't care who you are, that's going to that's going to invite some kind of emotion in you for better or for worse. Yeah. It's very disturbing for me, but I think that I think it's brilliant from an artistic standpoint. What I did not initially understand was the transition that followed, the B section, which is a flip of a coin. It's just very heavy rock. Very I, heavy rock. Crashing almost. I wrote a bunch of words f- about this B section that I cannot put on the air because they are both politically incorrect and curse words. <laughs> it really was a poor B section without the framework of the defined defined word. But once yeah. once Steve told me the definition, I point, pointed out this, especially with the heavy drug related lyrics. I realized this song is a musical representation of this struggle between discerning how beautiful you feel something is and how beautiful it actually is, and it's, that juxtaposition becomes more apparent when you know the meaning. Especially it's, when you're looking at the at the the drug references here. It starts with a reference: "Bye bye, black balloon." Bye bye, I'll see you soon. Like it, uh, that is an obvious reference. Mm. It is a especially with the creepy. Begin section, A section. The breathing. Really, machine. very, very off, off-putting, very unsettling. But once you get that crux, it really becomes a cohesive piece. It grows on you. You are, once again, it's a piece that grows on you. I'm going to call this the climax of the album, to be honest, uh, just because when you can sit like this, seems, <laughs> this feels like the low point. Yeah. If if there's any uh, direct truth here to the breathing machine, if it's not just used as a soundbite, and I. I sincerely don't think it is. Uh, this feels like the the ultimatum of drug use, which yeah. is hospitalization. Yeah. Uh, but in many ways, it still keeps the dream world present. Like, you haven't quite break and broken free of it, even though you're at the bottom of the rabbit hole. Right, and a lot of people, even when they hit rock bottom, can't give up that dependency and still find a beauty in something that should not be beautiful. Yeah. And I think that's what this song is... At- in the end, getting at. And I think yeah. it accomplishes it. I just... Musically, it's not the greatest, but yeah. conceptually, I think it's fantastic. I think more could have been done with that A section. I agree. To be honest. I agree. Uh, I think that's such a beautiful artistic uh, vision uh, between the breathing machine and the, and the romantic nature. Right. The, the, I just, the dreamlike qualities that I, that I can't accept... Uh, I can't accept the thrashing guitar rock section as a, as a viable alternative, really. I don't see that as the other side of the picture. For me, you know. Yeah, but then how not, would you then do again, it I'm, I'm not at the, I, I've never been at the bottom yeah, of right. the drug rabbit I hole. Mean, so. For all we know, this could be something that was written because one of the band members, or many of the band members, might have hit a low point like that. Indeed. If, if I'm not mistaken, the rabbit hole is actually referenced in this song specifically. Oh, is it? Yes. Yeah. Pretty common reference for... Well, everybody loves to work off of Phallus. The funny thing about this track also is, like, as we were getting the definition, I pretty much wrote that it feels like a struggle between fantasy and reality, and a lot of drug use actually is just that. This struggle between knowing what is and what you wish it was. Which is why I, from a theme point of view, the next track, Fairweather Friends, is a great follow-up. It really is. Conceptually, I, we're going to be using that word a lot. Conceptually, there's a lot of great ideas. 
Fairweather Friends, though, is not musically that good. It's musically average, at best. It's a stagnant track. It doesn't really go anywhere for me. It's, it's just a ro- another rock standard rock track with no ebb and flow. It doesn't... It, it, it has accessibility that Collapsia didn't have. This feels like an ode to Friends Gone by the Wayside. But the lyrics are really boring... They're very easy to tell uh, to 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 figure out beforehand. What's the word? Telegraph. Tele. Tele. You use that word more than I do. Yeah, I still. Don't I don't. Know they were predictable, John. The word you're looking for is predictable. There's one with the word tele. Oh lord. Um, <laughs> uh, let's it, just... it definitely needs some work on its cohesive nature. It... I, I'm gonna start just analyzing this track again on the conceptual level by. Going straight to the end because it's the only way this makes sense. Yeah. Uh, it's the whole entire track that had been very stagnant and unmoving throughout, all of a sudden just cuts out on a dime as if someone had just yanked the cord right out of the recording machine. And is and I don't give a shit about them anyway. That's the quote. Yeah, the That's lead, the quote that the entire thing leads. The on. lead singer uh, Josh Homme says at the end, yeah. "I don't give a shit." And that the song itself ends. lends to this whole juxtaposed nature that you feel like you you need something grander than is necessary. The the I, the, the the divide between reality and between your perceptions of it. This between, fantasy of might, friendship. Fa- yeah, fantasy of friendship, fantasy of meaning, fantasy of anything that you... The point is, it might not be as severe as you think it is. Yeah. You know. Therefore, just pull the plug. Leave it. <laughs> be done. Yeah. And move on. And as far as endings to songs go, it's probably one of my favorites in it's a, a while. It's extremely pointed. Where was that in the rest of the track, though? That's my big issue. But you wouldn't have that no if you didn't point. have but, but that. Yeah, whole. but if, if the song wasn't the way it was, the ending wouldn't be That's as pointed. The you wouldn't That's have the that, point. You wouldn't have that, that jolt at the end yeah. if you hadn't been unmoved for the last several minutes. That's I would have rather have gotten moved. Well, that's the thing. If you're gonna, yeah, if it's gonna be an ode, you might as well be. It might as well have been something really grand. And Maybe that's useful. It. Yeah, I guess. But then again, if he himself is having the onset of this thought throughout the track, then he wouldn't be it too invested either. It comes to a realization, yeah. yeah. But if anything, they should some have of these made, are stretches. They've actually should have gone further, started at maybe a higher level and hit a much lower level of complexity of this song. Yeah. They could have dropped it out and just had him talking at the end. Maybe with a, a simple mm. little beat. Well, it's not our place to really just, you know, insert ideas in his head here. Uh, I'm going to pull from the concept talk here and just talk about music for a second. Oh, we're talking about... Another... Yeah, yeah, that's what... We're talking about music now? That's what we do. Oh, okay. Another misleading intro. Wasn't on board with that. Had a nice, soft, grungy voice going throughout this track. Had a really fun pickup, but again, that's, that's within the context of a fairly unchanging song. On the whole, it seemed like rock for rock's sake. Yeah. It was very... Another very kind of average track that was just rock for rock's sake. Exactly. Yeah. You know. So you take out the theme, and, and there's just eh, not much there for me to grab onto. Yeah, but the theme is there. The theme We're is not there. taking it of out. Course, so, of course, So okay. there's that, you know. But, but you know, it's... A, <laughs> no, I understand. You've got to have all pieces working in tandem. Right, uh, yeah, no. And, yeah. and it's, it's very easy to see where the song would fall apart without certain pieces. Yeah. Um, this is why I called it a concept album. A, a song with all the pieces is... Is the next track. Smooth yeah. sailing. Oh man! Now here we go. Are we in unanimous this. agreement that this is the best track on the record? It's the best track oh, on the record. Okay. Damn straight. This was. I. You know what? I got Grunge Prince. 
Like if Prince actually That's a weird dirtied combo. himself, it's, it's such a weird combo. He, I, he dirtied himself enough to 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 get away from his pop roots. For, it for, felt like that. For me, this track was clearly groovy from moment one. It had this kind of Peter Gabriel esque like flow, like in the early the the eighties when Peter Gabriel did solo stuff, but also this kind of theme music sound. It was like John put it as a modern Shaft's theme. This is the bad mother effer. That walking down the street can't be touched by society nowadays. He is the center of the universe in his own little world. This guy is not to be trifled with. It's got a real funk flow to it. That's the thing. I mean, it's definitely groovy. You're going to get into it. Uh, Some of my for... favorite line work. It, it's got great... No, I wasn't very on board with this lyrically as other tracks. It was That's very short lyrics. It was very yep. clipped nature. I got bruises and hickeys, stitches and scars, got my own theme music, it plays wherever I are. See, but that's the thing, like, that's not, that's not nothing brilliant to me. That's but almost, it's, it's that's that almost that, that self-indulgent exactly, music that I find in a exactly. lot of rap stuff. No, that's what I'm saying, it's, it's, it, well, okay. I hypnotize you and no one can find you, I blow my load over the status quo. Yeah, this is exactly out of that, that, that ilk. It's attitude. Yeah, it's, it's song undiluted. undiluted it's attitude. not what he's saying; it's how he's saying it. I understand that. I understand that, right. and I did enjoy it on a musical standpoint. Hence, hence but Shaft. I get it. Who's I get got it. more attitude? I'm not arguing that point. Yes. Obviously, it's attitude. It's just it had a egregious oh, amounts when, when, of attitude. Yeah, but it was enjoyable. Yeah, for music, so. and it had a great solo. Yeah, that solo. The solo. The song. Yeah, that I, I really solo. do love that. Best solo on the very album. brief solo too. Yeah. Um, moving on to the track after, and this is where the, the album takes its strongest upturn. Nine, ten, uh, eight, nine, and ten are by far the best tracks on the record, which is a shame because, as we've said in the past, when you put your best work at the very end, it kind of unbalances the record. But the next track is I Appear Missing, which is the single. It has a video, an, uh, an animated video on YouTube, and it's, it's a six-minute ma- six single, which you don't see a lot. And, like, I couldn't get an emotional... pull on it immediately but I wrote down words like struggle and a journey and when me and John talked it out it really became this song is the ever present struggle within between sanity and insanity and the song is just repetitive enough that it gives you that feel of insanity I felt like it was an argument between the id and the super ego now for those of you out there that have no idea what I'm talking about I mean more the uncoordinated based instinctual needs of a person versus the moral controlling force of that person. Yeah, Forbidden Planet was all about that. And I, it had some of the thought-provoking lines in the album. Yeah. Lyrically, this is one of, one of uh, for me, one of my... like As much as I love Smooth Sailing, the lyrics on this track... Were much, lo- much deeper. Much, much. Just much deeper, to- and musically speaking, I enjoyed this better, to be honest. I think, I think I enjoyed this a little bit better than Smooth Sailing, just from a personal standpoint. I'm not always in the mood for just, like, heavy rock, right. rock out, too. Sometimes I, I want to chill. But I love this line, and I really think about this line, because it's grammatically correct as far as I know. One day, I hope I'm someone you'd met. Wow. That is really clever. Yeah, right? I've been playing around with tense and whatnot. Yeah. 
Yeah. While still being accurate. Speaking to, I hope one day that we are actually apart after being together. I mean, it's a, it's really... I hope one day we have had and never laid, like... I yeah, know, it's, right? It's yeah. really a very thought-provoking line. Bringing in that... Uh... And there's a couple in this song that really just make you scratch your head, which is why I'm getting a very deep psychological conflict going on here. Messing with the past participles. Yeah. That's, um... Yeah, that's kind of important, because I think, uh... That's something that gets overlooked, and that's 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 next level thinking right there. There's no shortage of, of love tracks. It's like I want to get with you and stuff like that. This is like life is short. It's almost sometimes in many of the the cases we ho- the things that we hope for. It's almost silly to hope for them in the present or in the future. It would only fit your fantasy if it had occurred in the past that never existed and never will exist. Yeah. But when you're stuck in the fantasy that meant much of this album seems to be stuck in, it makes perfect sense. It's, it's, it seems like the ultimate daydream right here. Yeah. A debilitating daydream should be noted, uh, which is why there's so much hauntingness going on around in this, on these, in this album. I mean, that's, that's not a good thing for yourself to get immersed in a daydream that you can't escape from and seems to be pulling you away from daily activities. That's what I. Yeah, that's see, that's pretty much this song in a nutshell. That, was a, that was a lot less technical than my id versus super ego. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah, but you know. Moving into I'm the, talking to the layman here. <laughs> moving into the conclusion of the record. It's a little weird. Like clockwork, the title track of the record is tacked on at the end. Well, I don't want to say tacked on because it, it 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 is where it belongs. The problem with this song is it's a great conclusion. With the acceptance that it's the great a great conclusion to a concept album we never got, I feel it's it's it feels it's a I feel it's a great ending, but it's not great for this record. It's great for the last two tracks before it, but the whole record and that's the whole thing. It really does uh, connect to the previous track. Um, the previous track is about that. It's about playing with those tenses, and this track... Okay, previous track is not quite just playing with those tenses. It's also about his love interest. There's love there. There's someone there that he's speaking to. And this is a track where he he doesn't want to move on from her. Or him. Or him, or whoever, whomever. (laughs) No, you get this sense of hopelessness... It it was Master's acceptance, this hopelessness that it won't you know, it won't get better. It'll come around, but it's it's never gonna end. And I still refute that it's hopeless. It feels like he still has uh almost dangerous desire for this person. He's hiding it behind. Still dangerous desire sweet... is almost hopeless because it's inevitably going to destroy you. I don't know. I almost wanna go back on myself here. Like I I had come up with that idea that this was the end to a concept album that we never got, but at the same time, we've talked so much about this concept. It's starting to it's become a lot to pull together. Clearer. Yeah, that's true. Hopelessness is, is the only logical conclusion. The idea that your daydream will never come true, as I just described earlier. This, this is that track. But I don't feel like he's hopeless. I feel like he's still delusional. I disagree with the way you broke up, broke down the lyrics and some of those specific lines. You read them verbatim. Yeah, I, like it, it, it's, it's the epitome of hopelessness. No, it's that's the whole thing. He never says that he's letting her go. He never even implies that. But you can still he be. He implies that not letting her go will be bad for him. But he never... But not letting go doesn't mean you're not hopeless. 
You people, people, time and time again in terrible relationships, no, that's the cling thing. to things without any hope. Exactly, yeah. he doesn't feel the hopelessness. He's completely deluded himself at this point. It is over. He is holding on too long, but he's not hopeless because he won't accept that. It's this kind is of a full cop delusion. out to go through a uh, to go through the motions of this album to reach no conclusion whatsoever. I felt yeah, the tone, at least in the music itself felt hopeless i felt it was a little it felt conclusionary yeah. I, I didn't quite feel it didn't Conclusive. quite feel hopeless it still had a little bit of a sweetness to it i i just can't I accept just, this pure hopelessness i can't really agree i felt like this was the end it's over this yeah the sweetness that you're hearing is what remains in his mind yeah. and it's that same past participle business participle business it's like you you are imagining something isn't there will have never taken place it's a very very strange way of putting it but i think it's uh very brilliant actually yeah yeah and i mean but then again also i mean especially a good emotional track disconnects and misinterpretations and different interpretations i mean that points out to how so strong yeah, our, dis- our disagreement is actually a positive thing in this respect because it yeah. kind of proves it's the track got depth yeah the, it gives the, it gives the track that depth. It, the, these last three these last three tracks really had uh, depth to them. Uh, shallow to deep, but there was legitimate depth in a lot of the aspects that we're missing on the other tracks. This also has it's depth an- in the phrasing in the statement of it. Uh, it's the music itself that's going to really uh, take it away from me. I think it also had some lines that I know even Steve wrote down a few because this was right. probably the most beautiful lyrics the most poetic of the lyrics with lines like holding on too long is just a fear of letting go not everything that goes around comes back around you know it was it was really it was actually the pretty stuff it was finally just straight out pretty lyrics and i that's I not really pretty enjoy- though that's like i i wrote it down poetic it is poetic yeah, yeah but that's poetic. very general you can say it's pretty in a poetic anything. way i did enjoy it for the poetry sake okay all right i'll buy that I'll get more explanatory in my definition of the word pretty. <laughs> well, Thanks, John. But it it really it I enjoyed it very much for that. And these last three tracks were I see the entire arc on this album, but it feels like the last three tracks were so much more divorced from the rest of it in quality. That's amazing how I started off this uh this whole Thing here by saying it was an okay album, but it was a poor concept album. Yeah, you should feel the other way around. Yeah, that it was a better concept album, but a poor album, poor quality album. Ah, eh, poor is even a little bit of strong. Yeah, right? I don't it's, feel it's, it's okay. Poor. It's okay. okay. Weak. That's in, the reverse. It's a it's, bit of. It's an okay. Co- uh, yeah, I don't. I don't know. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I'll something. speak for Steve. It's a great concept, poorly executed. Not even poorly. No. Weekly, I won't even go, weak I won't execution, just a weak execution. An average execution. This album isn't Thanks. bad on any level. It's not. Eh, it's there's a couple track. Review. There's a couple tracks that I feel are could have been totally dropped. The, uh, there are tracks that I feel are. Bad. But we've still har- heard albums far worse with more terrible. This is above average at least. At, oh yes, in, yes. Yeah. No, 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 no. I'm not saying we're not hitting like. Green Day level here. <laughs> All right. No. 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 There is, 
<laughs> a lot of unusual ideas and a, a lot of great concept. There's a there's a lot of concept in this album that is very smart. Let's talk music itself, though. Let's just remove the concept. Musically, for a it starts weak, hits strong. Yes, I'll buy it's that. That's it. Progress. Well, see, but that. Does that work in tandem with the concept itself as well? No, because I, I never don't feel felt, it works like I don't, that. I don't feel the spiraling down of this concept. It feels like he's never, he never really. It does feel like there's a conclusion at the end, but it doesn't feel like. I'm trying to analyze the path of this man's insanity or drug it's binge meandering. or. Yeah, it could be anything. Honestly, it is meandering. We're, we're pulling back and forth between the rock bottoms and the happy mediums. And when you're disillusioned and you're delusional, wouldn't that... There's no structure to, dis, to delusion. You can't structure delusion. It's delusion. That's not 100% true. There are ways you can define delusion. I feel like... And there are forms that delusions fit. You're right in the idea that there's a lot of elements of chaos, but there's also a lot of elements of stability in delusional concepts and I felt they didn't really have enough stability in this album yeah. in the form of their instrumentation and their music and their vocal work that that unified it I agree and I'm also trying to look at the title here like clockwork I'm trying to figure out exactly how that works in I, I almost am getting an idea that there's a repetitive cyclic cyclical nature to what he's experiencing that he's experienced it all before and like clockwork it will go the exact same way the next time around that seems to be the the, the yeah i mean that's my conclusion it's pretty apparent especially in bad love or or you know love of any kind of relationship romantic or otherwise if it if it's going poorly you can almost predict what will happen next if you see where yeah. it's going and i think that's what the lock like clockwork represents yeah. this bad relationship is moving like clockwork yeah, it's just a strange thing. It, it, I, my my real beef is the tone of how this album started out. That, saw, that's my that's the crux of the matter. I saw something. What? Think of the songs conceptually. We're we're Adam starting. <laughs> we're okay. Keep your eyes peeled. I sat by the ocean. The vampire of time and memory. He think of it as a journey. He becomes lost. He finds himself at an ocean. He loses himself. Starts to delusion, worships this god, and, and becomes in and out and in and out of himself. Fair weather friends, smooth sailing. He drops his baggage and gets to a part where he reinvents himself and then loses an aspect of him and starts over. That's a very specific plot line there there's almost yeah but it's like there's almost something, autobiographical i feel like there was they were really going for something here there is something they're going for here it's just not it as missed. clear as it could be it missed it came close but it missed i definitely see a major theme in this song in this yeah, album. But i'm gonna point out the plot holes here i i don't oh, yeah no 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 that's yeah. the whole thing big misses it reads like a james joyce book i mean big misses how, how do you how do you defend if I had a tail no, in that context. That's the whole thing. That's there are some things that that are hiccups, that are bumps in the road for this story. Songs that were there for song's sake. The yeah. whole smooth sailing into I Appear Missing, conceptually I mean song-wise actually I like it a lot, but conceptually doesn't quite fit that story they're telling. If I had a tail, why is it there? Why is it even in the, the story? 
Yeah. <coughs> Another thing here, even just looking at the tone of these beginning tracks, I had expected that this was going to be haunting in a different way, just because of the whole vampire idea. I The tone actually had this old-school classic horror vibe to it. Like, it I, 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 I felt Dracula. Perhaps seeing him on the cover, maybe that kind of made the connection for me. And then it evolved into something completely different. It seemed like that's a little bit of an inconsistency there, unless you automatically attribute haunting, as in horror haunting, legit, like mythological horror, yeah. with the horror that you can experience in your own life. <laughs> it's just, it's a different kind of thing for me. Maybe it, it would, it's a comparison that would strike someone else more than it would be me. I don't know. All right. So, so know. where are you with this album then? Would you say? Where am I with this album? I'm gonna. I'm giving this a three seven five. Okay. It's mainly for musical reasons. Okay. I I really did enjoy the concept. The concept is very strong. Nah, three point nine. Three point nine. I'm upgrading. Three point nine. Hmm. It's just shy <coughs> of a four for all those conceptual reasons, but it's it's the music that hurts it. I I wanted them to go balls to the wall with this idea, like Paper Chase level. Okay, and it has elements. And Paper of Chase, that. I, I believe that. I gave a four. If you don't know, I don't I know. know. I know what I gave. Okay. and that's we all gave it the same exact thing actually, um, because it was a very you can't miss right. the concept in a, in an album like the Paper uh, like Hide the Kitchen Knives. Yeah. Um. This one, we've been working kind of hard today. <laughs> yeah. You know, and there's some stretches that we're making, especially with the uh, the Alley Cat reference. And like, we have stuff just... to discuss, which means there's content. There is content there. It just feels, it feels like, I almost get the sense that they may have been, they may have been um, working with this idea and, and fiddling with it yeah. to the same extent that we're trying to make sense of it. That it, it, it lacks a little bit of cohesion. Uh, but for me, once all said and done, I'm on board with the product. For, for me, it's it's one of those things where, I mean, I really like the record. I do. My struggle to give it a rating is it's clearly not a three, and it's clearly not a three five. Just the same. And when we, the more I was review, the more we have to do more points because you're trying to fit it in with everything else. I want to give it a four. I do because I really do think it's a great album. It does something different, and it and it gets somewhere. But just the same, there are there 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 are no tracks I hate, but there are definitely tracks that I I kind of feel nothing or just kind of feel bored. I don't necessarily hate them because I can kind of find some enjoyment or some interest in a boring track. Ah, you throw me back down three seven five for me. <laughs> I'm sorry stick to something <laughs> no but you're making a good point you, like i the concept it's just not enough yeah it's not enough i mean considering also i know what queens of the stone age is capable of and and they have a ton of four and four or five albums that i've loved yeah you know and it's just for this i mean you know one of my favorite songs by them is go with the flow which is one giant, long, raucous rock song, which is one huge metaphor for childbirth and pregnancy mm. and sex. And it's it's just done so well because it's not obvious. And it's just like, I feel like they have moments of that in this album, but I'm going to go 375. That was, that was my rating too. I want to give it a four. I do. I really do. But I can't when there are other bands that have just had kind of more of a consistency at least. 
lending to it. The comparison is right here. Uh, Moms by Monomenum. Yeah, which... That I, I, I find very closely related to, to the idea that with that album, I enjoyed what they were doing. I enjoyed the track-by-track track nature of it, and I was actually more into the music itself. Yeah. Um, but it kind of lacked the cohesion of an overall meaning, which is why I rated that 3.5. This right. is getting a benefit of the doubt for an overall conception. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it takes a lot of work to establish something over the course of ten tracks uh, that bleeds into one, e- one another. And I think after some work, we did come up with a conclusion that seems to fit for the most part. Yeah. It's those holes that hurt it, and then it's the other side of the equation that's just musicality. There's, yeah. I cannot escape the boring tracks. And they, even the, ones that, even the do- ones that I'm really invested in, it's, it's, it's not at the top of my edge. It's hard when you know they and yeah. other bands have done so much more. Exactly. You know, and, and I like them a lot, so that's why it's tough for me. But yeah, it's yeah. A, I give it a 375 also. I said before we got here to Steve that I felt like this was an easy week for me to listen to the album. Because, honestly, I listened to it very passively before we got here, before we dissected it and broke it down and everything like that. I think this album works best in a passive capacity. I don't, actually. I don't. I completely no, disagree. because if you're it. not paying attention, you can you can gla- glaze over a lot of the things that I found wrong in the beginning of the album. Uh, it's difficult to pin down the best and the worst, but there's a lot of not quite there and a lot of that's kind of up there aspects in this album. But I disagree with him on this, just, just these grounds. If I wasn't paying attention, I would be bored. Yeah. If I, if I dropped my focus here and I, I wouldn't even know that this thing happened, to be honest. Maybe the last track would have really grabbed me. The standouts are when you focus on it. Yeah. That's how I feel as well. Yeah. The fun tracks, I'm not I mean, saying No, I'm not saying that Passive is the better way to listen to this album. I'm saying Passive is an easy way to listen to this album. You can easily, very well, simply, yeah. listen to this album passively. We've done a lot of albums that you can't listen to passively. Oh, I think that with... I, don't, I, I disagree with that, that it's difficult to listen to something passive. You can listen to just about anything passively. If, if you have the zoning out capacity. I'm just saying it works better than most in that aspect. I don't think so. Well, I do. Okay. Even look at the Daft Punk. Even look at that. Just for instance. Those tracks, that's a catchiness that I think will grab you on a passive level as well as a focus level. I, I, mean, I didn't even rate it that high. Well, I rated it highly for the concept, but still, those catchier tracks are more catchier than these catchy tracks. So passive, that is, that's preferable to me. I'm going with my original. No, I think this works very well as a passive album. But getting into what I was getting into, like I was saying, there's nothing that's completely detrimental to this album. There's nothing that's completely uh, amazing in this album from a musical standpoint. Conceptually, it definitely puts it above the rest of the herd. Because this is something that people don't normally do. Normally you get easy to understand concepts about love and hate and fear and all that sort of stuff. This is a band definitely going outside what we would consider the standard generic comfort zone of music. Commendable. They didn't get 
there yet. They're not 100%. They're probably not even 80% of the way there yet. But it is a very, very ballsy move. And I respect them for doing something like this. Oh, sure. That that right there, that's the best compliment you can give is when an artist tries something dangerous and you respect them for it. Mm-hmm. That being said, 375 is not, as a whole, an average album, a three-star album. It is a little bit above that, primarily towards the ending. But there are songs there, and this i got to refute with, with you, Storm. There are songs there that I just dislike, flat out. But that concept really grabs me because it is a very interesting idea. And there are glimpses of brilliance in that idea, in, in, in how they did these things, that I just can't refute. So yeah, 375. <laughs> All that reads the same number. Uh, well, well, we have different reasonings. Yeah, and clear. we've always discussed how we have different reasoning. I mean, overall, the easiest way to wrap up this album is it's a listen-slash-buy. It's Sample on iTunes. Definitely sample on iTunes. It's, it's a listen-slash-buy. It's right in the middle. Because <coughs> it's definitely worth hearing, but depending on where you fall in taste of music, and especially if you're a fan of Queens of the Stone Age, it's probably worth the buy. But I'd say it's like where some albums are clearly listen-only or buy-only, this is definitely right in that middle. It could go either way. Either You could either listen or buy this record. I'll say this. This is probably the most you can do uh, concept-wise with that bare-bones rock style. Because when you really look at their music itself, I guess they're not they're not going out on left field, really. Just in terms of their instrumentation, every yes, they throw in a cello here and there. Yes, they throw in the chorus at the end. They throw in a little bit of string section at the very end. It's just, I still feel the rock. I still feel it there. It's 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 the style that really lends to it. I don't know. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, this is definitely a rock. Ultra term. This rock is the album. this is the closest yeah. we can get to the umbrella term rock as you can, and I've said that before about them. For for a modern band, yeah. this is as close as you get as to something that's just rock. Yeah, but for what they're doing, I would probably bump it to experimental. Yeah, because of concept. But I, not for music. Right. No, I agree. Art. Eh. Art rock. You mean? Yeah. Uh, there are shades of it, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't lump it into the genre. I just so, don't feel. And there's like three genres that that the three quantifiers that. I like because they are so easy to slap onto some things. Art, as in art rock, art metal, art prog, and experimental. These are three concept words that we throw with other genres. That means we don't quite know how to define it now. Um, I, I, I would almost argue with that, just based on uh, experimental being inherently individualist. There will always be experimental, there will always be art rock, just because um, you're never going to be able to pin something on it. That will always be specific to the composer themselves. Well, no, that's what I mean. You can't, you cannot easily define them. You know they are something. You know they are metal. You know they are pop. 
And all things considered, but, this is kind of a, it's almost a safe choice when you really think about it, just because the concept that they constructed allowed, enabled them to stay within the rock form, to yeah. create that juxtaposition idea. You, they'll pull away, but they can always go back. And when they go back, it's, it's, it's always rock. Yeah, and I'm conflicted or, about... Uh, yeah. Let's take a minute to talk about safety in music to begin with. Like... Yeah. Because this is something we've mentioned a lot on the podcast. We've never really kind of dived into it. And I just pop. feel like... Pop! It's not just pop, though. Yeah, every genre. Yeah. Every genre has a safe sound. Every single and genre. That safe sound, sound probably is pop. Uh, pop I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this. I'm pretty sure I'm not doing this album on the podcast. Uh, so I might as well talk about it just a little bit. Uh, Jamie Cullum. His new album... Uh, I believe it was The Migration... Um, I may have that wrong, but... I saw that online, and I think you're correct. I think, uh, yeah. In any case, compare that to his previous album, The Pursuit. Now, I know that he has some pop jazz elements, right? And this is why I bring this up, because it's not pop rock. We're not we're right. breaking away from rock, it's just jazz. Jazz itself has its pop side. Yeah. And he has had pop jazz influences, but yet Pursuit was, was totally jazz. He was able to go freewheeling in that album, and I thought it was just brilliant. It was really him exploring the more experimental of his own personal side, which is why the most recent album, uh, this this year's album, I believe Migration, it just went right back to pop, and I was very unimpressed. Um, which is why I'm probably not going to use it as an example for the podcast, because I would love to bring you a jazz, jazz album. Right. And it just seems pointless to start out a jazz discussion with something that's just as safe. Yeah. You know? I mean, the thing about safety in music for me is... I feel like some safety is not that terrible. I feel like, you know, putting 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 together a safe track that your fans can get on board with, especially for marketing a, uh, an album, is not necessarily a bad thing. However, when you do an entire album that's safe. Like when we were talking about Hoobastank, who we didn't, yeah. we didn't rate un very unfavorably... But in reality, they, they, you know, they had a little bit of rock, but the majority of the record was this safe sound. Just to be clear, this album is not safe throughout. No. Yeah. It's... So in many ways, you could say that this fits your criteria, in any case, because they pull away in some moments, but they go back. It's just more like... My rating... It's my was... fighting between cohesion and... My rating was more, more on an emotional and conceptual standpoint than a musical standpoint i liked As most of the music i liked most of the music on the record but As conceptually and emotionally yeah we were pretty much it was lacking <laughs> in in our most general terms we were in agreement now the concept of using uh what we consider pop the safety net is that you create a touchstone in an album something people can identify with what regardless of the genre you're doing if you do something where people can easily go oh i i I recognize that. I get that. In uh, uh, as a song or as interspersed as parts of songs, that touchstone can really make very unusual ideas more accessible. Well, yeah, that's like the 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 Robbie Williams record that we reviewed. His single was very safe. It was a it was a pop, a powerful pop. It was solid track. pop through and through. And then it mm. pulled you into this record that had this kind of arc that we didn't see coming. It was a touchstone. Now for that, but that aspect, arc, and we you even you said this, John, that the, that that arc was done within a safe framework. Yes, musically, a absolutely. Yeah. But like that's that's the what we consider pop and what people like uh, uh, Rolling Stones and Metacritic label as pop rock, pop rock. Because pop and rock has kind of kind of been lumped together nowadays, and there's 
think of classic rock, it also has its safety elements. It yeah. has its touchstone. On the flip side, experimental and art-oriented pieces also have a safety net, but in a different way. They're allowed to be deviant and weird and really make people go, that was uncool, but it's art. You're allowed to do that. It's experimental. He's trying something new. You're allowed to do that. It's got that same sort of recognition of, oh, it's acceptable because of its concept. And we're not casting any stones here. Obviously, you're allowed to do whatever you want. Of course. Obviously. I mean, well, also, so talking about safety, I feel like the best way to personify safety in music, but making it successful, not necessarily for all fans, but for them as a band... Aerosmith. Aerosmith is the epitome of safety in classic rock music. They put out records, and every record is more or less very similar. However, every time they do it, it sells like crazy. It does well. Kiss also, especially in the later years. The epitome of safety in music, but still making it successful. How many times did Kiss have farewell tours and still come back? Because people want to see them play. And it's the same thing, this... Their act hasn't changed in a very long time. But people go see... the, And in fact, Aerosmith and Kiss have toured many times together. Because these are two huge, larger-than-life classic rock bands. And they draw from the same group of individuals. But yet they, they haven't really changed anything over the years. And it's just universally accepted within their fan group. Because marketing-wise, it makes no sense for them not to be safe at this right. point. And that, that is almost kind of a sad thing. Like, that's just... That's, that's you getting sucked into the vacuum of pop culture right yeah. there, where you're really not allowed to change anymore or be individualistic, because then people are going to jump down your throat. Which is why I do respect older artists that go in other directions, even if it means they get teared apart. On, like Metallica. Like Metallica, Metallica was safe, more or less, in their music up until the Black Album and even Load and Reload. And then St. Anger and um, the one that came after it, Death Album. No, not Death Album. Death Magnetic. Mm. Those two records, Death Magnetic, which was a better quality, but when, when St. Anger came out, they panned it. Critics, fans, hated it because they tried to do a new metal sound as Metallica, and people hated it. But they tried mm. something different, and I respected that and actually still like some of the tracks on that record. Like Some Kind of a Mo- some kind of Monster is a great track because it's so different from Metallica, and it, it, it showed they were trying something new. Well, not every band is allowed to really reinvent itself that's that's another uh uh, aspect of this bands will do safety net pieces will do what their fans want because not everybody can be you know rush they can't reinvent themselves every few years because you have to make a theme of that you have to you have to do that from the inception even rush's level of reinvented you still hear rush in there yeah of course like i feel like that's not that's not the same extreme of reinventing yeah but they 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 experiment they always try something what's going what's going on today is far more extreme i I can talk about an extreme of reinvention because they're a band that's pretty much composed of random bits that can change that's the gorillas and we always come back to the grills oh, when we're yeah. talking about stuff. They reinvent no, themselves. That, that goes on to the same thing. Every record. And our friend Pete never lets me down with it because every single time I hear gorillas on the I can never seem to identify them. Now that could work against them or for them. In this yeah. case I'm willing to say for them just because I like the fact that I'm always intrigued. I'm yeah. always I'm always surprised 
you know, like, wow, that's the Gorillas. That sounds nothing like that last. That sounds nothing like that last track. That sounds nothing like that last track. Like, the, this is sort of band that if you like them, you have a favorite album because it's a specific style you like. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I still love Demon Days. Demon Days even, is my Even favorite, Demon I... Days is kind of a hodgepodge of songs. There well, is yeah. a loose, a loose, um, sound. I'm not yeah. gonna say arc, but sound to it all. Yeah, and same with like but, uh, Plastic Beach. Also, it's very kind of all over the place, but but works as a record. I mean, the the Gorillas are a band, and Damien, I can't remember his last name, but the lead singer of Blur, who you know is at the center of this creation of this band. He's done so much to just do something different, and he he's one of the, the poster children for doing different for the sake of different, but still making something beautiful. And it doesn't work every time. They have plenty of songs that I don't like, but as a whole, I love the band and I love their work. And when it comes together, it comes together so well. Songs like Melancholy... Uh, um, what is it? Melancholy Beach? No. Uh, oh, what is it? Melancholy something. But uh, but you know it's it, songs like that or 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 even the singles that they've done like look at Clint Eastwood, it's such a simple song, but it's the catchy verse versing a uh, catchy chorus versus the Come. interesting rap verses like that's what makes that song shine. Finally, and, someone and, let me out of my cage. And even the yeah. video, like that's also uh, artistically and 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 conceptually and experimental. Their videos are never the same every time. They always do something different, whether it's storytelling or just pure animation. Real life aspects. Or live action, yeah. Or maybe they're just driving around on a Hot Wheels track. I don't know. I yeah, don't know. it's... 19, well, we, we've 2000, talked about, we've talked about this before. Bands that have a, an overarching sound to, to the work that they create throughout their discography. They're yeah. always going to have something definable, or especially if it's an album with a concept to it. We discussed... I discussed Decemberists for that. Sure. Because... Do they, they have they anything new coming own. out, the Decemberists? Their because I've thing, recently got into them. The last thing was 2011, so I guess they're due-ish. Okay. No, no, wait, they had one thing after uh, after The King is Dead. EP? Um, it was like The King's Alive or something. <laughs> I forget. Oh. But, um... Anyway. In any case... I thought it was a I feel fan. like I feel like this is not the same kind of... That's not the same kind of safety. That yeah. would be safe for your sound. Yeah. Which people aren't as judgmental against because people like their sound well, but, the, but now it's one thing if you create the sound yeah. that other bands follow up on and then another band like far down the line like 10 years later they attach themselves to the same exact sound then people are a lot more critical yeah. or at least I'm a lot more critical because yeah. then it's like uh, you didn't create that you just attach yourself to it you can love it you can like I, I, I can't fault you I'm sure that you still have a, a you can still rear an audience it's just it's not as inherently inventive Right. Well, that's that's more reminiscent of him. And the safety, like, their music is their music. It's this love metal that they created. And if you like them, you'll like all of their records. Most See, I, of them I hadn't stick heard to that the structure. progression of it, so I wouldn't have said that they had created it because I had heard it somewhere before. But it's, I, they've clearly been around for a while. So. But my, but my point more is that that's a safety where if you're a fan, you're a fan. You'll probably like it anyway. You know, it, yeah. it, There's little that you could say. It, I compare it to the video game world and how... And a lot of reviewers have said this. When a new Halo game comes out, even if it's the worst game ever made, not necessarily is, but even if it is, yeah, it doesn't matter. Because Halo so fans are going to buy it. Of course. And that's it. Yahtzee, who does uh, Zero Punctuation on The Escapist, does a video review of games. And he, when he reviewed Halo 3 back in the day, at the end of his review, he said it didn't matter if it's covered in dog doo-doo. Like, <laughs> it, it doesn't. If a Halo fan wants it, they'll buy it. No matter what he says, and it's true. Some bands, 
even if we review it and give it some kind of a rating, you know, some rabid followings, it won't matter. Bowling for Soup comes out with an album tomorrow. It's going to be bought by their fans. Yeah. Don't matter. Like, you really gotta do something stupid. And we'll talk about someone who did something stupid. Green Day yeah. did something stupid. Yeah. Because they actually went art. They did that, oh, we're gonna do something weird with our newest albums. Where They went American Idiot, which was hailing back to the concept album, to the rock opera. They were like, We've been heading this way for years, and they did something different. They 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 left their safety net, they left their more standardized alt punk, and tried experimentation. And for Green Day, for Green Day, right? Within their vein, but Green Day was on yes. a track. Green Day was on a track to, to become this. a classic pop rock band to hit this kind of level of they're just a big pop rock band. They were in the direction of Aerosmith. They but were heading that way. I'll buy that. that. Was because, I'll buy that. But based that, on popularity alone, I'll buy that. That's but, because they were within their work, within their compa- uh, compatriots, contemporaries. They were. <laughs> Experimental. The they were experimental for what they were. They were just trying something different. They were creating but this I thing. Mean, work. No, I'm talking right. from from the beginning. Yeah, yeah. They started off really experimental. Right. But the, but the, the, the stupid genre. choice was the trilogy. Yeah, to, which is to just abandon that notion and yeah. revert and, back. Yeah, and that was when you take. This is. Thank you for bringing this up, John. You're welcome. This is the poster for when safety goes wrong. They went back to a safer sound, and it was awful. It was awful for 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 punk pop, you know, punk pop rock, period. Let alone for Green Day. There was a lot of because it does right not there. strike me as the kind of sound that really grows with you. Uh, no, with you mat- maturing wise, it just does not seem to. What punk in general? Yeah, I'm almost willing willing to well, make that. I, I can statement. only disagree because with at least that style of no, punk. No, I guess I, you have to go somewhere with the punk because again, the reason Blink's yeah. newest album, Blink One Eight Two's newest album, worked. Is because there were elements of punk, but they went in a more pop rock direction, and and they be, they tried something a little different that carried. Right. They went the Green Day direction. But at the same time, we got a one of my favorite bands that a lot of people hate on their newest stuff, Weezer, because they experimented. And this is a band that experimented from its beginning. It's been a while since made a Weezer reference. It's been a while. But a lot of people hate Happy Rec, uh, hate uh, Ratitude, Happy Records because it was. Really weird for them, mm. and I mean that was very and much, the, and that's where safety comes from. Is you run the risk of well, do I try some? And I have to respect Lincoln Park for this. Going back to that album that I think we rated kind of harsh by our standards. No. Now, no, I've re-listened to some of the tracks. I think we were a little hard on the album as a whole. But I looked back on it, I would have rated it higher, higher, higher. comparatively. But but just let like, me just a bit. But let me get my point out. My like, point with Lincoln Park. Point two higher. My point with Lincoln Park is. Mike Shinoda has always gone on social media and talked about how he's trying different things. And whether we loved or hated that record, it was very different from the previous records. And they're trying something different. And as a band, and as a band, and he'd said in interviews, I don't know if our fans are going to like it. I don't know if our fans are going to love it or hate it, but I like it. I like what we're trying to do. And as an artist, when it comes down to it, if you can live with yourself for what you do and what you do makes you happy, yes, if the critics pan it, that stinks. It really does. And especially in a social media world where it's so much easier to get your horrible opinions to the people who don't even want to hear it, 
I have to at least respect bands like a band like Linkin Park where they tried something different. So, and he knows he's trying something different, and he can live with it. Whereas on the flip side, a band that deserves to be panned, Maroon Five, where Adam Levine said, "Hey, it's my show now. I'm going to create these pop tracks that are super safe, and I'm not going to try anything new or you be know, my I, band." It's funny you bring that up because at the end of of Overexposed, he did uh, try a few new things. There were a, there was. But it's not so much that he tried new things as that he just attached himself to other genres. Yeah. Like, and that's my problem is... A medley. At genre. least I can favor, favor Linkin Park because they tried something different, you know? It was an integration, though. It was an integration with the techno sound into yeah. their work. And again, it comes down to, as an artist, and I think this is a good point to kind of direct... Because, I mean, we could talk about safety and compare... I mean, this is a listing topic. This is... We're going to pull bands up. But a yeah, great... To, to, to wrap it up, this is... There's a fine line between uh, safety and failure. There's this this notion that if you stay safe, you won't fail. But even that can lead to failure. But there's also experimentation can lead to failure just as easily. It's being a smart marketer as well as a smart composer or writer, songwriter. And this it's, is... it's, it, you need to understand the trends, I suppose. And this is if you're really concerned with the critics. You know, if you're not yeah. concerned with the critics, then yeah, of course, do whatever you want. Like, I but... can guarantee a band like, uh, like um, Flying Lotus does not give a damn what the critics think. Oh, I'm sure he does He just did what he wanted to do. And I think that's just... In music, you've got to respect that. I didn't like that album at all, but... You've got to have yeah. some shred of respect for someone who will do what they want, regardless of what the fans think. You know, and Metallica even did that back then with Fran- with um, St. Anger, which I was talking about. And I think, ultimately, as a musician, that's what you should aspire to, is to make music for you. If you're making music for you and what you want to do, everything else is what it is. I mean, that, that's really the heart of it, is music is self-expression. Yes, you want people to connect, but you want, they, you want them to connect with what you feel, what you put out there, what you create. It's about you. Yep. You can make songs about other people too, but it's your impressions of other people, of other emotions. When it comes down to music is expressing yourself. And that's why safety can be a double-edged, double-edged sword. Because if you're expressing yourself in a safe way, well, that's how you feel. So critics may like, not like it, but if you do, I think that's really where this, 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 this is grounded. Cheers. <laughs> so John uh, wait before we get to next week's album Steve why don't we uh, jump out of safety and into some spam let's swim around in it anything but safe it's always scary what we get horrifying out of the spam box MCM huge funneling these women are often or or are all of those quotes kind of helping you towards the kinds of weight that probably shouldn't have had quotes they are indeed women I not saying this is a crying game kind of thing I describing. The kinds of women who MCM 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 you may dot Japan by dot JP didn't MCM MCM Mono Life Japan by dot JP say go to school on an English scholarship or join the math team or memorize classic chess opening gambits. These girls have a level of product knowledge that usually hovers somewhere between you really want to know that? Wouldn't you rather I just lean over and sign this calendar picture of me? Are you one of those I MCM 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 City Japan by .jp Poindexter guys? Talk to that guy over there. He actually works here. SMES Yakaromi. What the f? They just get weirder. I, you, you, no no no. <laughs> Whenever I don't think no, no, they no, get no, weirder. No 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 no. We're slowing you down 
And we're throwing a beat over that. Because that was We're auto tuning that. Oh lord. We should totally auto tune that. Shade. <laughs> um Wow. <laughs> I want to move on as quickly as possible. John. <laughs> nice. John, what's our album next week? I'm on a boat. No, next week we are going to have the latest rendition of the Bare Naked Ladies with their album Grinning Street. Yeah, I kinda doing this one Oh Lord. A I thoroughly enjoy the bare naked ladies it's been a while and it's been a while since john's intentionally pissed off and b you know who doesn't enjoy the bare naked ladies steve steve doesn't like them hi how's it going we've been on to be fair we've been on an even streak for a while and this is outside our safety zone and honestly you know what you know what i'll be good i'm always good i have not heard a darn thing from it but it's the bare naked ladies i'm actually seeing them at the end of the month they're it's, playing with uh, Ben Folds and Guster. All right, they're with Ben Folds, so right there, you you gotta like them. That's like a plus in the in the column. I don't know. It often doesn't mean anything when they're paired together. It well, it's not like they're paired with Diana Ross or something. Well, then, yeah, but that would mean even less. Exactly. <laughs> um, thank you guys for listening. As always, please email us crashcordsblog at gmail.com questions comments tell us we suck I don't care we have a donate button on the website give us your money so we can make it better Um, that would be nice because we don't really have much we want to improve the podcast and give you more Uh, we're working towards some other themes and some fun stuff to do hopefully have some more uh, interviews Um, oh big announcement I think I mentioned in brief last week um, I'm working with Broken Records magazine my friend Scott runs it it's an online mag um, I submitted questions to uh, for an online interview for 311. The article should be going up soon, and when it does, I will be able to link it to our website as well. But um, Scott's already told me he wants to put me in for some phone interviews as well, so we have may have some more interesting content and actual articles besides the podcast coming soon. So Steve has promised, and I'm calling him out here on the podcast, he will have a new article up by the end of the week. I will. What's, so what's really cool is that. you can easily edit that part out. <laughs> he could. But not the not the. I rest am of that it. guy. That's right. You yeah. are that guy. I can totally you can edit you. it, but it's going to be really hard because I'm going to do a continuous talking thing because you're not going to be able to edit out the me talking about you no, editing I, it I, out. No, I can very easily. No, edit I don't think out. you're going to be able to do I'm that. I'm pretty sure. And I can. no, I don't. John, shut it's up. Not that hard. No, at all. In closing, Man. and as always, music is life, and, and life, life is good. good.